Launch Podcast. I am Emma Bjorngard Bissain, Academic Advisor in the School of Business at the Stanford campus. And this is Kayla Hogreef, Academic Advisor, UConn School of Business on the Hartford campus. Today, uh, Emma and I are talking about a concept called the hidden curriculum. And we're not interviewing anybody special for this podcast episode. We're just going to talk about it between the two of us. But we think it's a really important topic that really contributes to students' academic and personal and professional success in college. And so what is the hidden curriculum exactly? Buffy Smith is an associate professor of sociology and criminal justice at the University of St. Thomas, and she wrote a book about the hidden curriculum. If you're interested in checking that out, I'll link um, to, or I'll put the information in the episode notes. But basically, she defines a hidden curriculum as the set of norms, values, and expectations that govern interactions among students, faculty, staff, and administrators. And so to excel in college, students must navigate a world of social norms. Um, so Emma, what does that mean in English? <laughs> Plain English. Yeah, um, no, so I, I think one important thing just to point out before we like give examples of this is that students are actually either rewarded or penalized based on their knowledge of the hidden curriculum. So just some examples would be like knowing that you should go and meet with your professor during office hours, um, knowing how to navigate different offices on campus, right? Like how to pay my fee bill, um, where my academic advisor's office is. Yeah. Those types of things. Yeah. So when we say, when we use the word curriculum, the way I think about it as like the obvious curriculum in college is when you're taking an accounting class and you need to learn the principles mm-hmm. of accounting or when you're taking, um, give me another example, like a, a bio class yeah. and you're learning about the, or an anatomy and you're learning about the human body and those are, that's the curriculum of the class. But the hidden curriculum are the things that people don't necessarily talk about, mm-hmm. but that are the overarching unspoken rules of the institution. It's almost like if you think about the bio class as like syllabus, it has all the different chapters you're reading, like the content of the course, then it, there's almost like a syllabus for your time in college that contains like the hidden The curriculum. hidden curriculum, yeah. And so the reason... The whole way that this came up was Emma sent me a really interesting article um, from the NPR website, and it was about office hours and how students think that a professor's office hours can be scary and they don't want to go, but how important it is that students use professor's office hours. And I know that you have real examples. Yeah, like I I remember this um, one experience that I had. this was actually in graduate school, and my advisor told me to take an undergraduate psycholinguistics course because it, you know, kind of pertained to my uh, dissertation. And I was like, "Oh, this is not going to be hard, right?" Uh, I walked to the class, you know, and and I enjoyed, you know, the lessons. But then we had the midterm, and I like did not do well. So I felt, "What's wrong with me? Like, I'm not competent. Like, why am I in grad school? I shouldn't be at UConn." You know, all those, you know, kind of imposter syndrome. Um, feelings and experiences and then I was like okay I need to go and talk to the professor so I was kind of scared right because you know you feel almost like a little ashamed that you didn't do well Um, but he was very uh, welcoming and very helpful so I just ended up going there every week for his office hours and because of that I know I was (laughs) here a lot (laughs) but but because of that I ended up like doing well in the class right and uh, we built good rapport so I felt comfortable asking questions like in the class too 
um, which I didn't do before because I'm very shy and introverted. So like having that relationship with him helped me not only to do better in the class, but also to just feel more comfortable. So how how do office hours or utilizing a professor's office hours relate to what we're talking about in terms of the hidden curriculum? I mean, in the sense that it helps you find help and like advocate for yourself in a way right within within the classroom because I think doing that in a safe environment which you know approaching an authority figure right and 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 getting help and finding success in that will probably help you feel more confident to do it in other areas of your college experience too like figuring out um how to maybe drop a class if you have to do yeah. that um, or as we're saying like um, paying your fee bill or if you have questions around that like maybe now you're more likely to just go and, and do that and feel like you can do it instead of avoiding it because I think that's kind of a natural reaction to just be like okay I have to figure something out but I don't want to do it because it's a little nerve wracking or you know intimidating in some way Mm-hmm. I feel like it can help you that way. Um, in that NPR article that you sent me and I'll link to this in the episode notes but um, one of the professors that's quoted in the article explains that office hours obviously are a way for your professor to get to know you, but they he offers um, that students also gain access to institutional resources and you gain access to a, to a professor's network. Mm-hmm. Um, you gain access to a professor's support for adventures and experiences that you might not even know about. So yes. that is a way of uncovering the hidden curriculum is having a relationship with your professors and they can help you understand um, and know about opportunities that you might not even, even like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like if, for example, if, you know, I mean, jumping up until graduation, but like if you're planning on, um, or maybe just you've had the thought about going to graduate school, they can help you approaching how to research different different schools you want to go to. They can provide letters of recommendation, or maybe, you know, for an internship or a job shadow, like opportunity, something like that. Yeah. They could be a first um, resource to get to, to those opportunities. Who do you think is most impacted by this idea of the hidden college curriculum? Like what types of students? What types of students? I mean, I do think everyone can benefit from it. Potentially, you know, I was an international student, so I had no idea how to navigate. Like I didn't even really know what university was in the U.S. other than what Mm -hmm. I had seen in movies. And I kind of realized pretty quickly that it wasn't really like that, you know? Um, So definitely just... Um, students that might not have that support maybe from home because obviously my like parents, first generation yeah, students first generation students international students right like how do you I think about when I was like filling out my FAFSA when I was 17 years old to get financial aid and I would have no idea what I was doing if it, my mother had not mm-hmm. gone to college and, ha- and guided me through how to fill out a FAFSA and accept financial aid and what does it mean when you're accepting loans yeah. and those sorts of things. So I think, I think first-generation students especially mm-hmm. um, are impacted by this. and International students. And but, international students, yeah. But then even like... I mean, all students to a certain extent where it's like, yes, maybe you have more experience with like, or you can get help at home with, you know, FAFSA, or maybe your um, mom or dad or, you know, a guardian will say like, oh, you should go and talk to your academic advisor. Maybe like someone like me that didn't have that wouldn't have thought of that if it wasn't for maybe actually my professor during office hours saying like, oh, have you met with your advisor? Like things like that. So I think, yes, maybe in particular first gen students, 
but in different areas of your college experience, like we could all benefit from right. from it. So um, let's talk about some specific things that you can yeah do. yeah like some specific steps. Yeah, so like building social capital. Ooh, on, what does that mean on campus? Um, I mean, the way I think about that is just kind of like a network um, that mm-hmm. you that you build on campus of like supporters, and that can come from like faculty, staff, but also your fellow students, right? Because that's really something you're establishing in college, like your network of peers, because, you know, right. you need that when you graduate. Um, but yeah, so some examples of how you can kind of build that. Um, one thing would be to have, I mean, it might sound silly, but have coffee with a new person like every month. Try to, you kind of push yourself outside of your comfort zone in that way. Right. And everybody that you meet has something, like you have something to share with other people and everyone you encounter has something that they can share with you. Mm-hmm. So that is an awesome, like a super accessible, easy first step to take to build your social capital on campus. Um, another thing that students can do is once a semester, send at least three quote unquote check-in emails to professors whose classes you've really enjoyed or the group project teammates that you've worked well with so let it kind of goes along with like the office hours idea of checking in with your professors Mm -hmm. and building that relationship with them and this might sound silly but i remember doing things like even if i didn't have a specific question like maybe there was a class where i felt like you know i have this under control i really enjoy it but i might even kind of just come up with a question even if I knew the answer but it was like a way for me to send an email and have an interaction I know that's that's silly (laughs) no no it's not silly at all yeah and you've and you've told me because you teach philosophy at Mm -hmm. UConn and you've mentioned to me how excited you get when students in your class will like send you a video or an article that you had not seen before that has to go with what you're teaching in class exactly so so as an instructor what does that what does that say to you when a student's sense you something like that i mean i feel like wow i have like an impact um in how they view things like online or what they watch on tv so that they actually think about the class Mm -hmm. and then usually they will say like oh maybe this is something we could share with the other students so they're also thinking about how others can benefit from it Mm -hmm. and they want to talk about it in class and then sometimes i can use that as like a um kind of a jumping off point in class like show that video to the so they're like contributing Mm -hmm. to the learning environment and like having a real say in what they're learning in their classes which is really cool exactly it's like building the content of the course yeah yeah okay so what else um one thing um that you know we talked about too was that you should try and attend a club meeting um you know that's related a club that's related to maybe something you're interested in right um it could be like the marketing club but it could also be like the debate club right because that can be a way of like building connections with other people right and we could go on a whole tangent uh we can do a whole episode about the importance of experiential learning and joining clubs and things like that but just in relation to building your social capital joining a club is a great way to build yourself like your unofficial team Uh, you know make friends make make allies Mm -hmm. other students that can help you give it you know give you a hand when you need help with something i also like the idea that uh, we discussed about trying to befriend someone maybe in your major um who's a couple of years ahead of you oh that's important right because that could be like a, a mentor mentor figure um someone that can give you some tips and and, and tricks about like <laughs> you know just what courses 
that they like, you know, you can get what to expect in your upper level courses. Mm -hmm. What is it? How do you look for an internship or like mistakes that they may have made that you can avoid? Yes, the older students are so important and just the power of having a mentor, whether that's another student who's older than you or mm -hmm. a staff member um, mentor that mentorship relationship is so helpful yeah and even like it doesn't have to be someone technically at your institution like it could be um, like an old older siblings friend um, who is in college currently somewhere else like they could also be a mentor for you in terms of kind of accessing what the experience is like for an older student on campus definitely um, so what else? Um, you know, in, in general, I think just asking questions and seeking help, you know, we talked about... That's like kind of what it all boils down yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Because I think sometimes it's just hard to admit, like, I'm so confused and overwhelmed about like what you're asking me to do. Like if we're meeting with students yeah. in advising meetings and, and we tell them maybe to go to another office, right? I also think there's this misconception that students have where they think that they're the only people who don't know what's going yes. on <laughs> or they don't know where to start with something. Like when you're, if you're undecided on a major, Major, sometimes students feel so overwhelmed like where do I even start I'm the only student who doesn't know what I'm majoring in but you know reaching out to people and just asking asking a question what's my yeah. first step um, asking another student that sort of that sort of thing is so important just to get the ball rolling on those on those first steps definitely definitely and yeah, I, I just think that sometimes we have to be vulnerable to like move forward mm -hmm. and saying like, I don't know what to do or I'm confused. Like it's a vulnerable situation to be in, but I don't also think we like grow from that. Definitely. The reason Emma and I wanted to, as we were wrapping up, the reason that Emma and I wanted to talk about this so much is that we wanted students to know that they're, they're not alone. And when you come into college, Yes, you're learning a lot of new material and content in your classes, but there's a lot going on that's a part of this hidden curriculum. And it can be confusing and overwhelming, but you're not alone. You have your network of peers. You have staff and faculty that are here that really want to help you. So please make sure that you're asking questions and seeking help. Um, what, what are your closing thoughts, Emma? My closing thoughts? I mean, just to acknowledge, I think that, you know, we've kind of talked about the academic side of things, but there's also... A, a social aspect to this, right? Making friends, negotiating what it's like to be at UConn, Stores, Stanford, Hartford, which is definitely something that we will try and touch on in, in, a, in a future uh, topic. But again, I think that um, older siblings, um, classmates of yours can be, you know, a good resource when it comes to like social aspects of, of the college experience as well. And there are a ton of articles and books um, that I will throw links to in th these episode notes because there's a lot of other aspects of the hidden curriculum that maybe we didn't talk about, like how schools recognize and integrate different cultural perspectives um, and cultural values. Cultural values, exactly. So if you're really interested in this topic, I'll, I'll stick those episode notes there. Oh, and also, if you have any particular questions, you know, regarding this topic, feel free to, um, you know, comment in the comment section, uh, and we will try and answer those questions in a future episodes. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk soon. Mm -hmm.